The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Best Search Strategies, presented by EngineReady.com. EngineReady doesn't just do the best search strategies, they create them. Now here are your hosts, Jamie Smith and Brian Lewis. Welcome to Best Search Strategies, presented by EngineReady. EngineReady doesn't just use the best search strategies, they create them. You can find out more at EngineReady.com. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Brian Lewis, Vice President of Engine Ready. And today we've got a really, really cool show. I've been looking forward to this for quite some time. We're going to be talking with Rand Fishkin, CEO of SEO Moz. And, you know, there was one or two of you out there who maybe haven't by some weird chance heard of Rand. Uh, this guy is really recognized as one of the top companies on SEO. We're uh, going to be talking about some real hard-hitting SEO issues, tips, techniques. So you're definitely going to want to stick around for this one. Uh, you know, before we get started, though, I want to quickly explain what you can look forward to on the best search strategies in the coming months. The Best Search Strategy Series is a monthly show on Webmaster Radio, and we developed it for listeners to learn about current state-of-the-art search strategies and tools with the ultimate goal to help you search marketers increase your conversions and lower your ad costs. So throughout the year, uh, we're also going to have some names uh, in the search industry, such as Rand, as, as our guest host. And if you have any topics you'd like us to discuss, you know, please just let us know. We'll be giving you uh, our contact information at the end of the show. So uh, let's go ahead and get started. I uh, want to talk about some really new hot topics in SEO and uh, how that can help marketers increase the amount of qualified traffic. I want to first introduce Rand. Uh, Rand, as I said before, is the CEO and co-founder of SEO Moz a leader in the field of search engine optimization tools, resources, and community. Uh, he authored the book, The Art of SEO, and was named among the 30 best young tech entrepreneurs under 30 by business. Grant, always a pleasure to, uh, to be uh, involved with you. I'm glad that you could join us. Thanks for us today on Best Search Strategies. My, uh, my pleasure to be here, Brian. It's, uh, it's good to get to chat with you. I'm looking forward to this. Well, good. Let's, let's jump right into it. Uh, you know, there's been a, an awful lot of press buzz lately about Facebook's open graph and, and whether it's going to have an impact on, on the search world. Uh, what, what can you tell us about that? In fact, maybe you can start off first by telling us what exactly is Facebook's open graph? Sure. So a couple of things first. Now, I, I don't work for Facebook or at Facebook, so I don't have a full understanding of everything around their strategy. But I can tell you what's been publicized, sort of what they've said, what the media and press is saying. Uh, hopefully that will give you a, a relatively good sense. So basically open graph is the idea that uh, Facebook is going to allow any website to, be, uh, to interact with, with Facebook much in the same way, almost uh, as though – any page on the web could be a fan page from Facebook, right? So you can like that page. Uh, you can share comments about that page. Those will appear in your status updates on Facebook. Other people can comment about them and share uh, the page with their users, etc. The, uh, the interesting thing about this from a search perspective is I think more about what the media is saying 
uh, than about what Facebook themselves have actually said, right? So Facebook is saying you should join our Open Graph program and project because it will allow you to share your content through Facebook, drive more visits uh, from Facebook as people see your stuff and share it and comment on it and like it, etc. cetera. Uh, and, and therefore, it's really good for marketers and websites to be using. Of course, the, the technology press has gone in a little different direction, which is to say, oh, well, now Facebook is capturing information about everyone who likes everything on the web, uh, which, of course, is a, is a gross overstatement. A, not everyone uses Facebook, uh, and not everyone who uses Facebook uses it uh, incredibly actively. Uh, and B, of course, this will only apply to pages upon which the uh, open graph is installed, right? So this is a, a voluntary install. You have to go and uh, essentially attach the widgets to your site in order to, and pages in order to appear in the open graph. Uh, but of course, the, the press kind of makes this out as, well, Facebook could challenge Google by now having a, a graph of the web uh, with social signals and semantic signals. Right, essentially saying, oh, well, you know, uh, Brian likes such and such, so Rand will probably like such and such, and that means Nick is going to like such and such. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can imagine interesting uses for this, but replacing Google, mm, I, I mean, unless everyone in the whole, on the whole web actually puts the widget on their site and everyone on Facebook uh, gets on there and starts using it on every site that they actually do like and use, I'm skeptical. Yeah, Rand, so uh, do you think then that the long-term vision is the expectation that searchers would go to their Facebook account? Like let's say I'm looking for you know, Blu-ray DVD player, and mm -hmm. then instead of researching that through Google, that I would go into my Facebook and somehow do a search there, and then I would have information from my friends related to that that would help me do the product search? <laughs> yeah, I mean... The, the more you talk about it, the more skeptical I am. But uh, I think that's exactly what they're thinking. So this applies really well for some kinds of things, right? So if I say, hey, you know, I'm going down to San Diego. I know I'd like to get some sushi. Uh, let's see what my friends who are in San Diego say is a good sushi place. Maybe that's potentially more interesting to me than what Yelp, you know, what all the reviewers on Yelp think is a good sushi place or what Urban Spoon says is good sushi or what Google's, uh, you know, local system says is good sushi. So, yeah, may maybe I would do that. But it, it does get uh, pretty questionable when it comes to other weird stuff. Like, I, I mean, Blu-ray DVD players is one level removed from that. I'm, I'm probably much more interested in what expert reviewers say and, you know, maybe what CNET says about it and uh, those kinds of things than I am about, uh, my friends, I mean, you know, maybe it's interesting to know what my friends like to do these. And then, of course, if I go to, oh, well, I want, um, you know, some custom on-demand business card printing, A, there's going to be extremely few of my friends who've uh, used it, even fewer of them who've actually tagged something that they liked on the topic, uh, and then fewer still who've provided valuable information about which one to choose. So, yeah, uh, it's, uh, I don't know. You tell me, Brian. I mean... I like my friends and all, but I don't. I use Google because I want a, a research tool, right? And I want to find answers. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I could see. I definitely see the possibility of marrying traditional search with uh, certainly recommendations from the people that I hang out with that I respect their opinions. Uh, but we're really talking about how um, there would be a, 
a tremendous paradigm shift in the way people would gather information. You know, one of the one of the questions I have for you is about this like button that um, you know supposedly uh, websites are going to put on their site, which sounds a lot like Dig to me. Do you think that um, that'll help your rate? You know, that Google's going to take that into consideration. Uh, that somehow they're then going to, to track how many times that like button is clicked, and that that'll help your organic rankings at all. Uh, so I'll bet you people inside the Googleplex are very worried if the like button becomes tremendously popular, because I'm sure they'd love to use it as a signal. Uh, but Facebook is going to, I mean, basically make them pay twenty billion dollars to buy them before they give them access to that. Uh, I think that Facebook believes this is a valuable internal proprietary uh, data piece and that they want to leverage it, not sell it to Google. I, I could be wrong. It's possible that they'll shift direction in the future, but the, the current thing, I mean, Google has, my understanding is that privately Google has reached out many times to Facebook to try and grab uh, data. And I've heard two things. I've heard one, that the investment that Microsoft made uh, about a year and a half ago in Facebook, maybe it was two years ago in Facebook, you know, where they only got 2% of the company and the valuation was you know, God knows how many, 100 billion or whatever, uh, that one of the terms for that investment was don't share data with Google. Uh, so that's, I, I mean, that's not public. That's my speculation. This is what I hear from other people who, I, I tend to think are pretty smart and know what they're talking about. Uh, and then the other one, of course, is that Facebook themselves uh, believes that someday they may try and compete in some types of search, maybe not all kinds of search, maybe not you know, necessarily the kind of search that, that Google's doing today, and that this will be a big competitive advantage for them, so they don't want to share that data. And this is, of course, the sure. opposite of what Twitter did, where Twitter you know, last uh, October, November, made deals with both Google and Microsoft to sell them uh, access to their basically Twitter graph and, and full stream. Right. Good. Good. Well, hey, Rand, we, we, uh, I'm getting a message that we've got to take a, a quick break. Uh, when we get back, I, you know, I want to talk to you about the new interface in Google Search, something that just popped up just a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to hear you know, what, what your feedback is on, on why you think Google did that and, and what that means for uh, the SEO community. So uh, stay right with us. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Uh, best Search Strategies. Stay tuned for more Best Search Strategies. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com, brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit conversioncritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.conversioncritic.com. Staying ahead of the curve to deliver the best online marketing solutions you need. That's what the JAR Group is all about. The JAR Group offers a full-service suite of marketing and managing solutions custom-tailored for affiliate search and social media. The JAR Group uses their resources and research to help meet and exceed the revenue expectations of each and every client. Find out how the JAR Group can work for you at thejargroup.com. That's thejargroup.com. The JAR Group, 
online marketing with measurable results. What is this? Why is my website not ranking higher? Well, sounds like you could use a link building report from SEOfox.com. What's that? You can't rank without good backlinks. And SEOfox.com's link building report lets you enter domains and compare their backlinks. It gives a detailed report that shows you why each domain ranks where it does, and it reduces the time it takes to find more links. With SEOfox.com's link building report, you can find more links, use their search marketing services to find more links, or better yet, they could even build your own backlinks. So you think you're pretty sly with that SEO Fox link building report. <laughs> sly like a fox. Get your link building report today at seofox.com. That's seofox.com. The WordPress Community Podcast. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. We now return with Best Search Strategies, presented by EngineReady.com. EngineReady doesn't just use the best search strategies, they create them. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to Best Search Strategies. Uh, we're here today talking with Rand Fishkin, CEO of SEO Moz, and uh, we're talking about the latest big changes in the web, how it's impacting your SEO strategy. We talked a little bit about uh, Facebook's open graph in the previous section, and uh, we're going to jump over now to talk about Google. Uh, Google released a new interface, uh, their search engine results page, just a little while ago, and uh, I wanted to get Rand's feedback on uh, Rand. Why do why do you think that uh, uh, Google has done that, and how should it impact my or my search engine optimization strategies? Uh, yeah, great question. So I, I, I'd say two things. Number one, Google is constantly rolling out uh, interface changes like this, and I think they've been testing this one for a, a long time and had seen some positive results that they liked. Now, what does positive results that they like mean? I think that usually, historically, it's meant that uh, more people clicking on results and not abandoning those results, or more people performing uh, searches, fewer searches in a single uh, action stream and getting satisfied with results. Uh, it could mean, it hasn't historically meant this, but it could mean more clicks on paid search ads. Uh, I think that there's a lot of, uh, yeah, let's say cynics uh, in, the, in the search community who, who look at this change and say, oh, well, this is designed to make uh, paid search pop out more or, or be more obvious, those kinds of things. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not entirely convinced of that, but uh, the, I think the, the interesting part of, of this shift uh, from an SEO perspective is that we really don't have great baseline data on uh, average click-through rates, total click-through rates, you know, search success, those kinds of things. It's not something the engines release, and sadly, uh, doing that kind of research is tremendously expensive. There's you know, historically been some efforts to do it on small scales, but, but nothing on a very large scale. Uh, and so frustratingly, we don't actually know how this might be impacting uh, click-through rate, how it might be impacting uh, total number of searches performed, uh, whether the long tail is getting shorter. This is you know, one, of the, one of the theories out there is that uh, the new results set is, has been making... Uh, essentially long tail queries less desirable or less necessary uh, because Google's providing these suggestions and 
different refinements and those kinds of things. And so maybe it is that uh, folks who were, you know, some small percentage of folks who are doing long tail searches are no longer doing those. Uh, certainly, the are you familiar, Brian, with the, I think it's so-called a Mayday update? Uh, yeah, that uh, was the latest algorithm update. Uh, I'm, certainly, I'm sure that you're certainly more aware of the particulars involved with that than I am. Well, so, I mean, my understanding was it's, it's SEO is essentially saying, hey, it looks like my long tail traffic is off between 5 and 15, sometimes as much as 20%. Uh, and I haven't lost any rankings that I track, but I'm just not getting as many referrals to deep pages on my site as I used to, you know, from like those one search per month, two search per month kind of thing. So there's, I think there's speculation that some of this interface change might be partially responsible for that. Like maybe people are doing fewer long tail searches, which I, yeah, I think is possible. I'm, I'm not totally convinced, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's frustrating. Like um, maybe engine ready. Do you guys have like $10 million to throw at a big study? you know, just to help the community. <laughs> you know, SEO Moz is happy to chip in like five grand. Um. Okay, well, that, 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 certainly, that certainly is a suck. You know, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, you know, back in the old, old days, we, we essentially had one search engine, engine results set of pages to optimize for. And mm -hmm. then, then there was personalized, and then, they, and then Google threw in some local. And, and, and when I look at the, the search engine results pages right now, and what I'm seeing is that and what I'm searching on uh, right now is uh, an e-commerce item. And on the left, I see the ability for me to, uh, to, to categorize my search now. Do I want more shopping sites or less shopping sites? Do I want results tied to social? Do I want results tied to nearby? And does this make, you know, now that I have so many different, as a searcher, so many different selections or alternatives that I can now do my search for, does it make it more difficult uh, as an SEO strategist because it's no, it's no longer really one page. It's like, well, we don't know. Maybe someone's going to click on the social, um, it's not a tab, but the social section and, and look at mm -hmm. that. So we want to make sure that we're, sh we're showing well organically in that section too. Yeah. Uh, so the thing I'd say about that is that I think Lots of smart SEOs have been doing that for many years now. So Google started showing, I mean, product, you know, uh, frugal results right back in the day. What was that, like 2004, 2005? So it's been nearly half a decade where we've had blended results or universal results, vertical results in the engine. Uh, you know, maps results started coming in in 06, I think, maybe, maybe even as early as 05. Uh, you know, we've had news results in there for a long time. We've had image results in there a long time, video results. So I would say there's definitely more of a focus on this vertical with the new interface, but uh, I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say that's a big strategic shift in thinking from uh, search marketers. I think that well, I hope that uh, savvy search marketers have been thinking about these vertical results and how they relate to their business, how they relate to searches that uh, pull up those results that that their users are potentially performing uh, for a long time. And if, if you haven't, I guess this is a good uh, wake-up call to, to do so. Right, and I see that, that Google's added something called a Wonder Wheel. Uh, do you think that uh, that's something that uh, not so much in its current, uh, the current way it's, it's shown, but do you think that the Wonder Wheel is uh, going to be a search tool, that, that type of more visual tool, 
something that's going to be used in the future versus just seeing a text on a search engine results page? Uh, I don't know. I, you know, my, my instincts tell me this is not something that searchers are going to use. Um, it's something that maybe a very tiny niche population will find somewhat interesting, right? So if I search for, for example, like Blu-ray player, and it, it basically just shows me uh, in a roundabout fashion or, or in a visual fashion uh, related searches and, or related concepts, I'm not totally convinced that that's uh, highly useful. I would say from an SEO perspective, though, I have... I have some suspicions. So, uh, you know, we, we suspect here at SEOmoz that uh, Google does some things with uh, concept categorization, with topic uh, categorization and, and topic-specific kinds of things in the searches, and, and that uh, on-page optimization isn't just about using the one word, but potentially about using related terms so that Google knows this is on the topic. And I would guess that the things that are listed in the Wonder Wheel, uh, so, for example, you know, the Blu-ray player has... Uh, Dolby True HD, cheapest player reviews, prices, software download, etc. Uh, I would guess that using many of those words on your page when uh, discussing Blu-ray players might help you out a little bit. Right. So. Good. All right, Rand. Well, hey, time to take another break. Uh, when we get back from this real quick break. I want to get down into uh, some SEO tactics. Uh, we, you know, we've been talking kind of high-level stuff here, and I want to make sure uh, we spend just a couple minutes on, uh, on some of the hotter things as far as what, what can we be doing to actually increase our organic rankings. We're going to take a quick break. We've got Rand Fishkin here, uh, the CEO of SEO Moz, and uh, we'll be right back. Stay tuned for more Best Search Strategies. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com, brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit conversioncritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.conversioncritic.com. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. 
Did you know? 99designs is a leading marketplace for graphic design on the internet. Did you know? 99designs connects you to a community of over 35,000 designers who will compete to do the best work for you. Did you know? 99designs allows you to post projects for logo design, web page design, t-shirt design, and more. Did you know? 99designs projects an average of over 70 different design options for a price that you set. 99designs. When designers compete, you win. Ready to learn to be a mass marketing mastermind? Take some notes from the godfathers of mass distribution. Inbox, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. We now return with Best Search Strategies, presented by EngineReady.com. EngineReady doesn't just use the best search strategies, they create them. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to Best Search Strategy Show. I'm talking today with Rand Fishkin, CEO of SEO Moz, and uh, we've been talking about some kind of high-level SEO uh, changes in the industry, and I want to get to some very specific questions, and, and, and some of these have been bandied about for quite a while, uh, but uh, uh, I really trust in what Rand says. Uh, I, I think that he really uh, has a good feel for what's wor- what works and what doesn't work. He's done an awful lot of testing. One thing I want to talk to you, Rand, about is uh, the, you know, duplicate content penalties. Uh, one, of the, one of the strategies that people are using these days to build inbound links is, of course, to, to produce some good content, and they're syndicating that content, whether it's press releases or articles, on other mm-hmm. sites, uh, besides having that content on their own site. What, what, what can you tell us is the best strategy for doing that? You know, obviously, Google could see that as duplicate content, and you may not get full credit. What, what do you recommend that, that marketers do to, to be able to take advantage of full credit for those, those, those assets? Yeah, I mean, I'm a, you know, I think, Brian, both you and I are huge fans and advocates of syndication, content syndication, uh, as an SEO strategy, right? It's, it's sort of a beautiful thing because it scales wonderfully. You know, you produce uh, content that other people want to share with their readers. They put it on their sites, uh, and they link back to you. The, the, the technical portions of it are where you can get lost because obviously a problem is, hey, I'm a small site. Maybe I'm producing great stuff, but bigger sites, more powerful, authoritative, you know, high-domain authority sites uh, want to republish that content. And so I'm kind of in a quandary because I'm thinking, oh, man, if, you know, if I give this to, I don't know, maybe I'm some tech blogger and I say to myself, oh, boy, you know, if FreeWriteWeb or Mashable republishes my work, I'm going to lose all the credit, right? I'm, I'm not going to have an opportunity to rank because Google's going to filter me out for duplicate content. So the first thing I'd say is remember that this is a filtering process, not a penalty. It's not like when ReadWriteWeb copies some small tech blogger's site, that tech blogger's site is penalized. Uh, it's not like they're actually going to get, get damaged in the rankings or you know, be treated as though they bought some links or something like this. It's just that for that specific post, their piece might not rank and the piece from Mashable right, might rank. Here's the, the bigger picture on that or, or the, the, the thing that I really recommend, which is if one big person is syndicating you, yes, even if they're linking back to you and doing it in the proper ways, you might not rank number one uh, or, or you might not have the opportunity to rank and, and they might be essentially taking your traffic with, with their content. But if you syndicate to three people or five people or ten people, I, I'm pre- I can pretty much guarantee you will be the 
the result that ranks. And the reason is, if Google sees five copies of a, of a page and four of them are all linking back to one, that one is going to be the authoritative one, the one that uh, you know, doesn't get filtered out, etc. So I'd say that this is a very, very valuable activity, and your goal shouldn't be to, well, I guess the action should not be, oh my God, you know, run scared from uh, syndicated content, but, oh, I should syndicate content to as many people, as many good people as I can find out there. Right, and then hopefully when they take that content, they'll include a link back to your site so you can take advantage, so your site can then take advantage of that inbound link. Yeah, that's right. If, if you, if you want to be super, super cautious, you can use the new cross-domain rel canonical tag, uh, but most sites are sort of uh, unwilling to do that yet, and everyone's pretty comfortable with linking. So just make sure they don't, don't just link back to your site, but link back to the actual original article. Uh, the, the page that it was published on. You want to be right. cautious of that. Sometimes people just, you know, oh, yeah, you can republish. Just make sure to cite me, and the citation goes back to their home page. And, of course, that, that doesn't help nearly as much as going back to the individual article. Yeah. And, you know, we all understand that building inbound links is so critically important to our rankings, and it's so difficult to do a really good <laughs> job of that. Uh, you know, one, one of the options out there is to, to purchase Links and I was just wondering, what is your opinion? Is that fraught with all the dangers that we hear in the industry? Is that relatively safe? What is your opinion on purchasing inbound links? Um, so, if you're talking about direct purchases, right? Like I go to uh, your site and I say, "Hey, can I uh, buy some link advertising?" And oh no, please don't put a no follow on there. I'll pay you extra to you know keep it a followed link. That kind of thing can be. Uh, dangerous. I generally don't recommend it. The, the biggest problem that I have with it is not actually this, um, you know, oh, uh, uh, Google's going to, uh, you know, ban you forever and, and you're going to be in huge trouble and, you, you know, you won't be able to rank for days or months or something until you get re-included. My concern is more for the average person that they're going to spend, you know, they're going to go out and spend ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a month on buying links and one out of 20 maybe, will actually pass link juice to them. And so it'll look like it's working a little bit, but it's really hard to tell, and you don't know for sure. And there's, you know, it's very challenging to test whether these pages are helping you or not, et cetera, et cetera. And the problem is you're wasting money that could be spent on scalable, natural link building strategies. It's, it's more an opportunity cost uh, than anything else in my mind, right? So... You know, I would much prefer that you go put that ten grand towards. Okay, I realize it's going to take longer; it's going to be harder. But yeah, I'm going to you know hire some great writers and do the content syndication thing we talked about, or I'm going to work really hard on uh, you know building up some uh, relationships, community relationships in the blogosphere, and seeing if I can you know send those people releases as we as we do interesting things that they might want to cover and get them talking about us. Or maybe I'll hire a public relations firm and make sure that they're very SEO savvy and get them talking to reporters and get a few links that way. Or uh, maybe I'm going to go and invest in uh, uh, badges and widgets and embeddable content, and I'm going to make you know cool infographics and make sure that I've got a charting library and a system so that people can embed those on their own sites and they'll want to pick them up and share them. And I'll do some viral broadcasting. Maybe I'll invest in some uh, social media pushes through you know, guys like uh, Todd Malcote or Brent Satoris or um, Chris Winfield, those kinds of things, right? So it's just 
when you spend money on link buying, you are necessarily diverting budget from other things that might help you in the long term. And that, that seems like a, a failing strategy to me. You know what? I'm glad this is being taped because you just ran off so many good suggestions on link building strategies, and I couldn't <laughs> write them down fast enough, so I'm going to go back and listen to this and write them down. Those were fantastic and uh, uh, definitely, uh, definitely very, very helpful. And I think your point is, is really well taken about the uh, you know, purchasing uh, the links is that it may not necessarily be that dangerous, but is it really the best use of your time and, and your resources? So that's uh, that, that was very Yeah, helpful. I get I get really worried because I see a lot of people, and they'll look, you know, they'll look in the search results, they'll see a competitor, and that competitor is buying links and ranking well. And it's not it could just be correlation. It might not be causation, right? It could be that those people are doing other good things. Google's not counting the paid links, and so you just have this perception that the paid links are what's helping, and then, you know, people run out and buy links. This is why I actually... If I had one big bone to pick with Google, it would be on this issue. I wish that they would publicly uh, show which sites that they're penalizing. I realize it would help spammers to get around some things, but I think that that's actually the lesser of two evils when it comes to uh, what they should be doing, which is today punishing so many business owners and, and marketers and such who really don't know the rules around this game, you know, haven't invested a ton of time, and they just see, oh, well, this guy's got links from here. I guess I should go buy links from there. And, you know, they're wasting money. They're making spammers rich. I don't get it, Google. doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Uh, you know what? We've got one minute left, and what I want to do is uh, hear from you about what's going on at SEO Moz. Oh, sure. So um, we're working on some, uh, some top secret stuff, but uh, it won't be top secret for long. I think either this week or in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be releasing some stuff, some new stuff into labs uh, around web crawling uh, and accessibility, so being able to you know, crawl your site kind of like you can today with, with the new Link Sleuth or G Site Crawler, that kind of thing. Uh, so that should be coming out in labs in just the next little while. In fact, by the time this airs, it might already be out. Um, we're doing some good stuff improving our web index and uh, improving Open Site Explorer with a lot more functionality. Um, let's see, we've got a, 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 an actually a new look and feel coming for the homepage of the entire website. Uh, that's going to be coming probably early July. And when that launches... Uh, the the software product that we sell, Pro, is actually going to be changing pretty dramatically. So it's just crazy times here, crazy, crazy times, but lots of fun and, um, yeah, very exciting. And then you, you also got some uh, speaking uh, uh, guests, not speaking. Uh, yeah, George speaking gigs ask. coming up, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. George, can you uh, cut that? I'm going to say that again. And, Rand, you also have some speaking gigs coming up. I do, yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, next week, I'm going to be in London for uh, SMX and eMetrics. Uh, I'm planning to be – I'm actually going to be down in your neck of the woods. I'll be down in uh, San Diego for – let's see. What is that called? It's the uh, Ad Club San Diego presentation. So that should be lots of fun. Uh, I'm going to be speaking at the Online Marketing Summit here in Seattle. And, and the week before that is SMX Advanced. Uh, Seattle, so we're gonna have a booth for that. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of fun talks coming up. In fact, I better get to work on my powerpoints. Good deal. In fact, <laughs> I'll be up at the I'll be up at the SMX Advanced also, so uh, we'll see each other there. Uh, as far as other engine ready uh, speaking appearances, our CEO Jamie Smith is going to be at the Internet Retailer Conference in Chicago on cool. June 10th. 
And uh, the date on that SMX Advance was uh, was June 8th, so hopefully uh, we'll see some of you there. And uh, don't forget, we're also going to be at the AFCON uh, 2010 conference in, December, in Denver on June 21st. Hey, Rand, I want to thank you so much uh, for taking time out of your busy day and, and, uh, and helping us out, talking a little bit about what's going on in the SEO industry. My pleasure, Brian. Really appreciate it. And uh, remember, you can catch new episodes of uh, Webmaster Radio FM Best Search Strategies every Thursday, I'm sorry, every third Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. You can find archives of all of our episodes on webmasterradio.fm, inside the Search Engine Marketing Channel, or on iTunes. Thanks very much, everybody, for listening, and we'll talk to you next month.